from the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Yo, how long did I smash your car, bro? Ask me if I give a fuck. Teenager shot in Brooklyn. 18-year-old man shot dead. Another man struck in the gut. That was on Wednesday. Broad daylight during, uh, I guess, uh, well, some activity in violent Brooklyn. Um, it's second on the block this week. Latest gunfire reported just after 3.30. Ocean and Woodruff Avenues in the Flatbush section. I heard that ocean. I thought it might be uh, a different part, you know, closer down towards the water. Hey, Al, uh, you've, uh, you've lived in Brooklyn yes, for a little while, Yes, I did, down right? by Coney Island. I got a little excited there, too, when I heard ocean. Yeah. <laughs> you know the neighborhood. It's like a lot of Russians and a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, Hispanics, a lot of... Uh, it's, it's, it's the quilt, the American quilt we we're so proud of. But uh, uh, maybe a higher-than-usual representation from the Eastern Bloc. There's a lot of Asians there, too. Coney Island, then there's the one right next to it. And, oh, Sheepshead Bay is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, that's, isn't that, that's right next door to uh, Coney Island, right? Yeah, they're all, they're all great areas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a competition here, you know. <laughs> they're, they're, all, they're all just fantastic. Uh, a girl was kidnapped... 11 years old, a Brooklyn man kidnapped his 11-year-old neighbor as she waited for a bus, but his sick plot was thwarted by his own mother. 29-year-old Baruch Lapp was arrested Tuesday after he allegedly snatched a child from her summer camp bus stop on the corner of Bay Parkway and 77th in Benden, Bensonhurst. Uh, your mom called me. She wanted me to show you something. <laughs> That's uh, Come on, man. You, you got to do better. That's no good. Your mom called me. She wanted me to show you something. I wanted to show her something. But they say it's always the, uh, yeah. it's always 99% of the time it's somebody that they know. So the neighbor is not. Uh, yeah. And so somebody they already, they have some trust yeah, built up. Not yeah. far. That kid could not remember when the days when you could trust your neighbors, though. You know, at 11, we haven't been able to trust our neighbors now for Many years, I would say. Going back to, uh, what's that little name? Uh, kid, the Paz kid, you know, uh-huh. that, that disappeared. He was on the milk cartons. Yes. 1977 or something like that. Yeah. People used to trust their neighbors, and that was the one that split time, right? Well, that's, I mean, I grew up in the 70s, and my my mother had a, uh, I don't know if yours did, she had a code word. So somebody said, oh, my mom, uh, your mom told me to come pick you up. They had to know the code word, and then I could go with them. Oh wow! What was what was the code word? I promise not to misuse it. Uh, ginger snaps. <laughs> hey, there you go. I mean, like that's not gonna that's not one that's just gonna occur to the guy. Right. Ginger snaps. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Wow, that's yeah, that's smart. And 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 people, you know what? You don't hear that much about that stuff anymore. It used to be like missing kids was like something that they remember the commercials that used to be. Uh, it wasn't even a commercial. It was just a little announcement that would come on television. It's nine o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Did you ever see those? Yeah, absolutely. It, it always seemed vaguely on. threatening. You know I mean, yeah, yeah. And it's like, why? Do you know where your children are? It's the, why am I home at nine o'clock then? Where yeah, exactly. <laughs> it always sounded like he had your kids, right? Do you know where your children are? Like, where, where are? Fuck, give me my kids. <laughs> this kid was eleven. What do you do with an eleven-year-old girl, man? You, you, you still got to like round out a little. You don't intend to have sex with an eleven-year-old, right? Surely not. I mean, I guess some people would have these kind of things in mind. Eleven, though, man, that is uh, that's. I, I guess it's easier to steal an 11-year-old than it is like a, you know, when they get sexually mature, like 13, 
you know, like um, that that extra two years of of like uh, you know building muscle and and whatnot. But but still, what uh, camp summer did camp he, bus did stop? He, did he have the, that's a good that's that's a good way to get it. Huh? Did he have the typical white painter's van with the sliding door on the side? <laughs> Just solid all the way across, you know, <laughs> and, and, and uh, looks like there was something written on the side at one time, but now it's gone. Uh, because that's Electrical what I, at one time. Yeah, it's been everything really. There was there there was a ladder mounted up there at one time. If you're gonna grab a kid, and and 29 year old Baruch Lap certainly seems to know this, that then uh, you want it to be when they're about to be gone for a week anyway. You know, so it won't seem uh, so they don't discover the kids missing, I guess. He he then took the girl to his bedroom and stood with his back against the door to keep her from leaving. And as uh, it says, his repulsive scheme was foiled. I'm reading from the New York Post. His repulsive scheme was foiled when his mom discovered the girl in the bedroom and alerted authorities. And then the mother then stayed with the girl until she was recovered. Wow. I I guess that's the sisterhood, right? Uh the uh, well, mom got to be a cock block, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a, a great story to open with. My my daughter is actually eleven, but she's five foot two, a uh, hundred pounds, and I, she'll beat your ass. So I don't understand what the like. If if somebody came up to my daughter and said, uh, you know, your mom told you said for you to come with me first of all my daughter said my parents don't talk to anybody so get the fuck out of here yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I just don't understand living in the city you well no i i'm sorry i do understand that you're not going to teach your children stay, stranger danger and all this other nonsense because you know the uh, we had a family friend that said if they don't they didn't tell their kids about strangers because then it, if they don't tell them, it doesn't happen. It's like, are you crazy? But it's the, the mindset. Of, wow. Yeah. So it's the, you know, maybe the mindset is now everybody's good. Nobody's going to hurt you. We all want to, you know, get along. Wow. Come now. That's that's that stick your head in the sand. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's. um not the way life is, obviously. I mean, I don't ever read the Surgeon General's warning, you know, on the, on the pack of the cigarettes, but you know what? You, you know, it doesn't mean I'm not going to get cancer or, or emphysema or heart disease or whatever. And people are going to abduct kids always. It, it, it's like uh, the, the problems that we address and try to stop are always like these huge problems that you can't like do anything. I mean, like, obviously you have to police this shit, like, you know, as hard as you can. I, I love the fact that these days... They they have prioritized child trafficking and all that kind of shit, at least on the federal level. But they they want to kill things like racism. And Trump stuff. has with that. Yes, yes, yes. You look at how many how many people uh, have been arrested on the federal level for human trafficking. It's you know, he's but this is stuff that he said that he was gonna he wanted to do back in two thousand and twelve and before. He's always been consistent on what he says, which is great, but. Uh, people don't realize Trump is, is is actually helping and saving people, but the slanted media—you'll never hear about it. It's it, it's uh, it's sad to to know the things that are going on that are being done, and uh, nobody hears about it. Yeah, it would, people would feel a lot better about everything that's going on if they did know that. And and the thing is, yeah, that's exactly why they won't report it. They want everybody to not just be 
against Trump. They want everybody to have a really bad time throughout his whole administration. Mm-hmm. They want they want everybody to remember the Trump years. It's just like, oh my God, it was so fucking. Uh, everybody was so angry, and it was everything was all whipped up. And then they go, look at him, look how polarizing he is. Look how look how much he's whipped up. Every it's it's uh, they, they always do something, and then they point to it, and they say, you did this. It's uh, remarkable, man. How I mean, like the facts are all there. Uh, it, it you do have to do some digging, and and you have to be inclined to do so. And then you see, like, oh wow, we there, there have been some good things done. What happened here is that the woman apparently checked the room after receiving a call from the child's mother saying that her daughter had vanished and the girl's mom reported her missing around 8.30 a.m. after going to tell her that the bus would be a few minutes late only to find her gone. Boy, she must have panicked and freaked out and started calling neighbors and shit. Detectives were interviewing the missing child's parents at around 10 a.m. when her dad got a call from the Shamrim Volunteer Safety Patrol. Those... Those uh, those Jews who uh, yes they uh, they told him his daughter had been found. Uh, Sean Rim, you know they they do good work. I mean I I've, I've got no problem with people. I, I mean I guess they they must take they get money from the uh, NYPD, but they're entirely separate and they're not yeah they're they're not of NYPD, but they, I think they get financing or something. They certainly do uh, have equipment. Oh yeah, they can afford the equipment. They like to uh, abuse their lights quite often. There were a couple times I thought I was getting pulled over by a cop, and I didn't see some guy in a yarmulke go speeding by it because you were in his way. Or he pulls you over and says, "Are you Jewish?" <laughs> There's like I don't know if it's a week or a day out of the year or a couple of times a year, but there'll be these very Jewish guys asking. You know, they'll they'll ask me sometimes, "Are you Jewish?" And and I don't know why. I guess it's like they uh, they want to talk to Jews because the conversation's I, over when you say no. Yeah, uh, well, I, I did I did mobile X-ray for a couple of years uh, in the five boroughs, and uh, a lot of them were in the Jewish neighborhoods in Brooklyn, and I they were doing X-ray. I didn't know like you're not supposed to touch the women and uh you know i had to move them to take the x-ray and stuff and i touch them and get hey oh, 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 i'm not relax i'm not I, i'm exempt i'm not a part of your religion Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just uh, look at me as somebody who's trying to attend to this woman's health exactly uh now uh, the girl said she recognized the man who took her as someone who lived across the street and that his mother brought her back to the bus stop after uh after finding uh after finding her and waited there for authorities. So the child was scared, confused, otherwise unharmed. That's good. Lap charged with kidnapping in the second degree, endangering the welfare of a child and unlawful imprisonment. He allegedly admitted to detectives he'd been planning to kidnap someone for a while. Wow. That's something. Mom had to know something was up. Yeah, I mean, Jesus. Mom knew to check his room. Mom got the phone call, my kid's missing. Yeah. <laughs> Let me check you my son's what? room. He's having a I, I hate to say this, but uh, you know, he's, he, we better have a look. Yeah, I mean, he's my kid, but he's he's a little kidnapping motherfucker. You know, good for her, unflinchingly doing that. Of course, it's just the right thing to do, but. You know, not everybody would. You know, I mean, some people are unscrupulous. How about Washington Heights? You know, last night on Crime Report, I interviewed Michael O'Keefe. He's the one who fired the shots that killed the drug dealer that touched off the Washington Heights riots back in 92. In the middle of the fight, and the fight lasted for five minutes, a little more than five minutes. And I know that from the 911 tape. That's unbelievable. That's, that's a long time to fight. Yeah. He ends up, I lose the radio. So now people are screaming for where I am. And I'm not, 
I can't help you. I don't have a radio. I'm fighting for my life at this point. At one point, he has the gun out now as I'm grabbing it, and it comes up, and it crosses my face, and now we're struggling again. But he's holding on to the gun, and we continue to wrestle. And uh, he ends up breaking away from me, and he heads back toward the back of the hallway. And I catch him by the jacket, the jacket or his arm, and I swing him around. And he comes up now, the gun in his right hand comes up, and it's right in my face. And I grab it with my left, and I hold on to his wrist, but he's, we're both soaked in sweat, and we're bloody as hell. I was busted open, he was busted open. Yeah. I mean, it was a good fight. I was getting mine in, but he was kicking my ass. He was bigger than me. Yeah. As I'm pulling his hand away, I'm losing grip on it. And I can see it slipping out of my hand. And he's trying to bring the gun up, at which point I pulled my service revolver. As the gun came up in front of my face, I pushed out my gun and fired. And he starts to spin. But he still has the gun in his hand. And as he's spinning and falling away from me, I see the gun come around on the other side of his body, and I fire a second time. Now, it sounds like a lot of time passed between the shots. No, it all happened this quickly. Michael O'Keefe, and that show is up right now on demand. You had Crown Heights, a year of, of, of writing, and then you had Washington Heights after that. Uh, hot summer in the early 90s, and, uh, you know, the guy nearly got killed by this fucking guy, and they painted him up, they made it sound like, you know, he beat him with his radio and everything, and, and the, it was just so vicious. This guy... Uh, he, he did something that needed to be done. It was fully investigated, and he wasn't charged, but they did seek to, uh, they did want to indict him, you know, uh, for murder. So things, you know, it seems like such a big change the way everything is now, but I guess this stuff has been going on. It just, like, every 30 years was what he said, is that it seems to want to uh, repeat. And now here in New York City, we're watching the beginning of the end again. woman accused of fatally uh, stabbing another woman in a Washington Heights apartment has been charged with murder. 20-year-old uh, Kayla Armand. I guess it's Kayla, man, but that's the weirdest spelling of Kayla I've ever seen. K-A-Y-L-H-A. I, I guess it's just Kayla Armand, 20. Charged with murder, assault, criminal possession of a weapon. Stabbed her at 430 inside her apartment on West 163rd near Amsterdam. Fatima Boston, also 20. Fatima Boston of the Upper West Side, discovered unconscious, multiple stab wounds, taken to Harlem Hospital, dead, and uh, stemmed from an ongoing dispute between the two women. Cops could not elaborate or confirm the relationship between the women. A couple of 20-year-old women, they're hotheads, you know? A lot of them are hotheads. I bet it had something to do with the election. <laughs> Keha, I think is their name. Keha. Um, <laughs> Keha. Well, I, here's another that uh, women who uh, live together, they tend to have more domestic violence than anybody else, too. I did not know that. Fun facts. So if you're a woman in a relationship with another woman, you're more likely to get beat in that relationship than if you were in a, yeah. in a man who you hate and don't want to be in a relationship with. I can see that. You know what? And I think I know why. I think I see how the psychology works on that, Al. Because, you know, they women seem to think that they have this, like, uh, they first of all, they don't understand their impact. A lot of them don't. 
they don't care to understand it because that's connected to accountability and they just don't have any interest in, in that in that sort of thing. And uh, they have an impulsive tendency to swing away. Like, like you've known women who have hit you and expect not to be hit back. They fully expect that, you know, once they make physical contact with you with their hands, you know, that's the end of it. You know, and uh, I think you get a couple of women who have this like violence entitlement built into them. Then, you know, I've never. Of course, they're going to beat on each other. I've been hit. Well, I've been swung at, and I mean, the size of the girls is ridiculous. So it's, but it's just funny how in a relationship like there's a double standard. I've never hit. I don't. It's not a reaction for me to get hit and hit somebody back. Uh, like that kind of thing and I kind of lost respect for the girl a little bit because it's like well you think it's okay to hit me and you can get that mad but if the situation reversed I'd be uh, in the hoose cow oh yeah immediately under the jail for the for the duration it's not something that they fuck around with when a guy hits a woman he's a persona non grata nobody takes his side I personally have learned to at least hear him out. <laughs> I well, you know, I just want to know what led up to this. You know, I, I you know I have my my issues with the the popo, and right now I'm formed. But there are some things that could get fixed. But I mean, I've seen some male cops beat some women. I mean, and you're on the job, and it's like you if you or I did that, we would definitely be uh, going away for a while. Yeah. You mean you're talking about out in a in a policing situation? Yes, yes. I, I think one swat with the nightstick might be good, but you know, to... that's just enough to make them panic. I, <laughs> I mean, if, you know, you you if, one swat. You, you know, if, if you're hitting if, the you accelerate know, button, you're switch, you're switch, you're switching super bitch to high at that point. Well, I mean, if you're in a uniform and a woman comes up and punches you in the face, then yes, you should be able to defend yourself and. Just like as if you were not in uniform, but it doesn't work like that. You should shoot her. Yeah, you should shoot her. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, I have, uh, I, I get a little bit of a chip on my shoulder by this. I had a woman try to murder me, and, uh, and, and whenever I tell people that, they say, uh, "What did you do to her?" You know, and I just think, man, that, that is something you would never ask a woman who had a black eye. You know, what you, what'd you do to him? <laughs> But she did uh-huh. something. I mean, the reality is, men, you know, even guys who hit their women, I think that they're, well, okay. I, violence violence is bad. Guys who, there are guys who just want to control women and they have a fucking drinking problem or, and they, and they're, or whatever and they're just dicks and they fucking beat up women. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the realm of the normal people. You know what I mean? The realm of the people who, uh, you know, just they, they get into fights and shit. Now, a woman who stabs a woman several fucking times, that's a savage way to kill somebody up in Washington Heights well, and uh, or anywhere, of course. But, you know, you think that that is a, that's a very primal thing to plunge a sharp object through somebody's flesh. But you know, women, they store all that stuff up. So she was getting stabbed for everything that she's every, every stab. So out of those seven, she remembered something in the relationship that was a stabbable offense (laughs) and remembered seven things. Yeah. You know something that's, uh, that's probably true. You know, you know, women have a file cabinet of everything you've ever done wrong. So 
Yeah, they do. They do, and they get they have a file cabinet of everything you've ever done wrong, and and there's not one of everything you've ever done right. That's the problem. They don't. They have no sense of balance because they only hold on to the shit they're mad about. <laughs> and and these women are twenty, so you go like, how long could this relationship have been? But if that relationship was two years long, that's a tenth of their life. That seems like a long, long time. Yeah, but as you get older, like now, the people have been in relationships or who are just older, you 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 pick your battles a lot less. Like you don't fight over cause you know, uh, Shahiha or whatever name was left the uh, toothpaste out or whatever it was. You don't really have those fights anymore unless you hate each other. Right. Right. And, and, and I, you know what, I bet you that happens a lot. Women who hate each other staying together, couples who hate each other staying together because they agree so much on everything politically, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and the thing is, it's like agreement, agreement among, uh, uh, you know, half the population or whatever is really not very hard when there's only one point of view that you're really allowed to have. So they think, wow, wait, you think that there's structural racism. I think that there's structural racism. You think that this violence happening in the streets is justified. I couldn't agree more. They, they're kindred spirits, you know, but like, uh, and then they, uh, I, I'm blaming everything on, on, on that today, I guess, but <laughs> this might be a step beyond. I mean, do you think that somebody who will stick a knife in somebody in the middle of an argument is maybe somebody who was gonna murder somebody anyway? I mean, surely they did not have that relationship made in hell, you know, uh, at the age of 20 where, you know, just like the planets and, and stars aligned and, you know, this just had to be done. You know what I mean? We, we knew or know those people who it's like, well, they're going to end up either dead or in jail. So I'm sure, yeah, there was probably a, a track history there of, uh, this probably wasn't the first attempt at a, at a stabbing or something of physical violence. Yeah. Yeah, this person may have uh, a history of kicking dogs and uh, swinging cats around by their tails and whatnot. Uh, other cruel shit. Uh, I mean, who knows? But uh, she's in jail now. And, uh, you know, I, I assume she's in jail. I mean, these days, I guess murder is still something yeah, they keep. Bailed out yeah. <laughs> the, the, the no bail release. They they just open the doors for all the criminals to come out. If they look, we're afraid you might get coronavirus. I'm like, fucking. I hope they have coronavirus. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> These are the the worst people in the world. Probably not all of them, but you know, for every kid who like uh, you know you play the violin for, who had a who stole a backpack and all that bullshit. You know, oh my god. Then he killed himself when he got out. Look, suicide is always a choice. It's not something that happens because, oh, man, uh, I was in jail. Now I'm finally out. Christ, you think he'd throw a fucking party. Right. But that kid with the backpack, there's more to that story than meets the eye. You know, I mean, he was I think he was violating his uh, like conditions of probation or parole or something like that. They always they always like isolate that one thing and say it was about that. Like Eric Garner murdered for selling Lucy's. No, he wasn't. He, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't fucking go to get in the fucking car. You know what I mean? It's as simple as that, but <laughs> you see, it, it's never about what they say it's about. That, that's, I guess that's the point. I know. I didn't mean to go on a little rant there. Did you know there's a, well, just to add on to that though, like about the Lucy cigarettes. Okay. And then you can argue the fact, well, why was that law even being enforced? Supposedly he was the, the owner of the store was annoyed that he was there. And, you know, the issue with 
people picking on the cops is that they're not the ones who make the laws. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, they're the ones that have to enforce a lot of this stupid shit most of the time, but they're not the ones making it. So the, the anger is misdirected. It is misdirected. And, and you know, too, the, the section of video that people see is always really crucial, too, because they only saw Eric Garner you know, getting like taken down and everything, but they, and obviously that's just something to run under your comments that you're making as a, as a news person. But they, the truth of it is that went on for a while. It was, they, they, they stood there. He, he stood there arguing with them for about eight minutes. They're going like, come on, man, get in the car. Right. Come and on, man. Come on, man. Get in the car. Come on, man. You know? <laughs> I, I've had very few interactions with the police and working as an EMT for over a decade, I've never seen a cop just be like, ah, you know what? You can go. <laughs> yeah, it never happens. You have zero chance of making that work, man. It's just not, this stops today. You're not talking your way out of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. You make a compelling point. It you, it's, it's just not going to happen. Now, a, an alarming spike in, in gun violence in violent Brooklyn led prosecutors to set up a special bureau to handle firearms cases. Wait a second now. Didn't we just disband that? <laughs> They're like, hey, <laughs> there's a lot of shootings. We better set something up. Give me a fuck. Wasn't that the plainclothes unit? Isn't that what it was called? Prior yeah, to? the anti-crime unit. Yeah. Yeah, they, and they're like, as soon as they got rid of it, the shootings went fucking, and now it's uh, they, they act like this. Whoa, this is alarming. This is in the Daily News, so of course they're not, uh, you know, going to. The Daily News is great. The Daily News is, is like a lying woman, you know, because it like it leaves out a lot of crucial information. The Post, you know, they're not right 100 percent of the time, but they're a little they, bit closer. They do it a little different. Yeah, they're a little bit closer, and they uh, yeah. The, but the, this the Daily News is very uh, evasive, you know. Uh, the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office formed its new Gun Violence Suppression Bureau just a day after NYPD Commissioner Dermot Shea said that half the shootings in the city happened in violent Brooklyn or could at least be linked with the borough. Uh, with the recent and worrisome spike in gun violence, we must innovate and strengthen our response to all cases against those who carry lethal weapons on our streets. That's Eric Gonzalez, the Brooklyn District Attorney. Who, uh, you know, as you know, all, all the DAs in this city have a tendency to just go, we're not going to prosecute this. We're not going to prosecute that. It's a lot of selective law enforcement. It's not really, I mean, it can't, strictly speaking, I don't think that's something that you're supposed to do as a district attorney, is it? What's funny with all these cases is that, so what everybody's protesting and people are losing their jobs over and everything is that. Black Lives Matter, in that majority of these instances, uh, it's uh, the same race uh, perpetrating the crime. Uh, so why I, I don't I just I don't understand what's what's being addressed or or what what matters because it's it's definitely not this. I mean, you're marching because you want cops. To, you're marching because you're upset about cops. Uh, doing whatever and that you're the ones killing each other so how does this uh... they should be on their knees fucking praising the police and thanking them and, and expressing gratitude for protecting them from people in their neighborhood they 
always say somebody needs protection. Like, what about who's going to protect? And then there's like these five names, whatever the given three or four names are that they're throwing out. You know, now it's George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and and they uh, they feel like uh, just saying these names is supposed to have some sort of a power and everything. And they go, well, well they, 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 we, they need protection. And first of all, the black community is not George Floyd. The black community doesn't like George Floyd necessarily. You know, I mean, George Floyd is a, is a criminal. And, uh, and, and, you know, Breonna Taylor, there's some interesting stuff about her, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, 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 there's a little nuance, not quite so cut and dried as everybody thinks. But, like, when you talk about protecting the community, that's these sometimes these people that get shot are the people who you needed protection from them. You know, it's, it's, it's all this empathy with the criminals and all this empathy with, uh, you know, like, or all this lumping in. I mean, it's got to stop. It's, it's just a, it's just a flawed perspective to say the least. The, the shooter and the shooty, um, like, how do you, how do you hate people or hate each other that much? That this is what that it's as simple as like I'm gonna whether it's thought of ahead of time or not like I'm gonna kill this person today or this person's life means absolutely nothing that I'm this quick to to uh, put no thought behind this and, and not you know the shooter and shooty are not necessarily on the both on the up and up but that doesn't mean that anybody deserves to die and then you have these four kids and or anybody else who ends up getting hit with the straight bullet or well, the know. four kids that this guy has by you know however many different mothers or whatever you know what i mean like this mother, every kids. death scatters out this it's shrapnel you know this uh collateral damage of like uh you know all the, all these societal Fucking long-term problems just get amplified by this kind of bullshit. You know, it's uh, it's the big problem, it's the little problem. You know, and and you know, it, it, a thousand factors make up the little problem to begin with. You know, like why did this guy have so little value on this other guy's life? I mean, like these these shootings that happen at random. I mean, most of us would just settle for like not getting hit by a stray bullet and all that. You know, that's bad enough. But we're all getting hit by the metaphorical stray bullet of ongoing and and building, you know, discontent that that happens as because all the kids that this guy had, and if he's if a twenty year old guy gets shot, he might have two kids, he might have three, no less than two. <laughs> he will be, uh, you know, those kids are not going to grow up happy. You know what I mean? They're not going to grow up well adjusted. They're going to grow up. Oh, my dad got fucking shot, and uh, you know the, that's just a. Way, they'll see this as a way of life and an inevitability, and grow up with no hope, and and they're not learning anything in school to change their mind. When you do see the the news interview regular people on the street who live in uh, who live in these neighborhoods, they want more police, they want a, a sense of normalcy, and they state themselves that they're afraid of getting killed by someone who lives on their block more than, than a cop. So why do neighborhoods not get together and address these issues? I don't understand. It's like, I always think of the, the, the Bugs Life movie where grasshoppers are talking and they said if the ants ever figured out that there's more of them than us, then we'd be in trouble. And it's like with a lot of situations, there's you know, why don't people stand up? I, I just, it's a, uh, 
it's an unfortunate uh, plague that we have through our country right now that nobody really wants to stand up. Yeah, it is. And, and it's, it's, it's not a good time to stand up and put your head out because it's liable to be chopped off. Nobody wants to lose their job and nobody wants to lose their career, right. their livelihood, their, their identity, you know, their whole and, and, and to get that kind of judgment. I mean, look at the Sandman kid. He's, he might be making bang now, you know, but I mean, he's, he survived. He didn't even, what did he do? Smirk at an Indian? Look, I, I, the day it's illegal or immoral to smirk at an Indian, then uh, you know that that's the day we have truly lost our way in this country. You know, I mean, we smirked at Indians when we landed in this country. <laughs> On top of it, you have an awkward high school kid who doesn't know what's going on to begin with, and you got the sixty-year-old grizzly-looking Indian guy singing in your face. I want to laugh too, but his big mistake was that he had a, a Trump hat. Yeah. So that was, you know, take that and run with it. It's all you need. It's all you and, need. Uh, and take that wants, and run with it. I've never seen. Nobody wants to follow up with agitator. You know, that, that's yeah. all he did was try and piss oh. people off. <laughs> Yeah, he's a, he was like, uh, well, he, he had Obama's old job, you know, the uh, community organizer. That they, I mean, I don't know that he actually had that job, but I mean, that's what the uh, people think a community organizer. What does he do? He organizes. He solves problems. You know, he creates problems. Right. Yeah. You're, yeah. You organize the community to to start shit, and even that that's for the college degrees of uh, liberal studies. This and that. The bullshit. I'm a community organizer. What's Get out of here. Yeah. But you know what? It's funny that we it's it's funny how the conversation evolved, you know, because, uh, you know, why don't people stand up? And then if a community organizer is trying to get people to stand up, it's like, you shut the fuck up, actually. They're advocating for the wrong shit. Right. Look who's look who wants look who the community uh, organizers are. Like you said, Obama, this Indian guy. I mean, they're not the, the most uh, stand up people around these BLM lesbians i mean it's it, it's not like you said it's not the right people it's not hard to get them to stand up you know it's it's rather easy to get uh, people of a, of a certain stripe to stand up because you just you know you simplify you know it's uh racism and mm -hmm. you gotta be against that you know but it's it's really not that it's not only is it not that simple that's just not true mm -hmm. so you know, when, when the, as far as standing up goes, I think that the people in these communities they do gesture towards that, and I think that some of the some of the systems that they have in place act as kind of a buffer to make sure that that stuff doesn't really succeed. Because you look at the stuff that De Blasio throws out there as a solution, and it it's not a solution to have violence interrupters out there, you know, who are not police. They're not, you know, trained as police or anything like that, but they did a little time in jail usually. So they're ex-cons and they know the ways, the streets and everything. And they'll throw somebody in a van and, and work on them until they do the right thing or something like that. It's extra legal type shit that you couldn't. But, you know, you would say, like, well, if they're getting paid money, they wouldn't be able to do that. But they are getting money from I mean, they get uh, a lot of support, these type of groups. And they go in. And I think that really whether anybody knows it or not the intent of that is to make sure that any of this community sort of like anti-violent spirit is is muted and uh, their impact they don't is make blunted. money off of it look who i mean you look at everybody that donated to blm like where did all, most of that went to biden but 
the other is funding all this stuff. Like, where do these Antifa people get this? My thing was when I saw them all with the umbrellas. Who's buying all those umbrellas? Good question. Yeah, I mean, those are I nice umbrellas. I know that's, that, that's not your five dollar street umbrella. That's you know that we're talking about big fucking solid wood handled motherfuckers. Uh, you know uh, the kind of shit that that you can get two people under and and you know some of them are, not feel like you're dating and stuff. Some of them, are, yeah, some of them are custom with the with the uh, logo on it and stuff. Wow, like, like a team, like a, like a young softball team. Yeah, when they showed up like the three hundred with their plywood shields with the the black fist painted on it. It's like who bought all that plywood? Yeah. Who who yeah, who who did the uh silk screen or whatever you need to you know the, the uh what do you call that when you have something in uh Yeah, silk screen. Oh, stencil st- like like stencil it on or whatever, right, right, right. you know. Uh, somebody had to do all that shit. And they they don't seem organized enough to do. A lot of people they, you know they, they did you see these agitators in Times Square? Do you see the video of that? Stopping traffic, and the guy's got a bullhorn. He's yelling at this guy to turn around, and, and he's got a woman with him there, too, who's saying, like... sitting here he would have been under my car why is that even like oh. what? <laughs> well it's uh, if you do that though then you got all the fucking all the power of the state coming down on you which and and that's that's what sucks about it is that you're in not only you in the right you got the right away and you've got the might but you have to somehow you know make a decision not to run over these <laughs> jackasses i, I just it's it's maddening. Well, I, yeah, New York City is, yeah, is rough because uh, in Connecticut uh, we had the the Castle Doctrine, and your your house is considered. Uh, I mean, your your car, if you're in your vehicle, it's considered like your home. So if you're threatened, you can uh, protect it. Okay. Well, I mean, the, these people yeah, didn't cool really City, pose though. a threat. Well, you're banging on the car. You're, I don't know. Either way, you're in it, the- Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> no, with that, uh, yeah, definitely. If, if people start banging on your car, trying to pull you out of the car, yeah, run over some people. Uh, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It's just so, it's clearly not, you don't look at it and go, look, look at those idealistic young people who want to see a better world. You know, you look at people, you look at them and go, these are fucking agitators starting confrontations right just a bunch of bullies yeah you ever have somebody do that to you like start a fight with you like they they'll take their finger and just like start putting it near your chest you know and like they they got some shit they want to tell you and they they, until you sweep their arm away and then they just start swinging because you move first you know it's it's sort of like that you might not get that kind of thing you're probably tougher than me uh, but I, I look like the kind of person that somebody can do that to, I guess, it's a, or at one time, anyhow. Uh, I, I, here's what I got to know. Your hair is short. Uh, I, did, did you have to wear a mask to get a haircut? Oh, I I was in the military, so clippers, I do my own. I haven't been to a barber in, I don't, since this whole thing uh, started. 
by a nice set of walls. I don't trust myself to cut my own hair. I just don't, I see whatever. I don't know what the guy does, but it seems like it's a little bit more beyond. It's a little beyond what I'm, uh, you know, smart enough to. to... Well, you used to have the high and tight. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I had a I had a barber. I could go to like remember the days. God damn, it seems like so long ago when you could just go to the fucking barber. You could go every day if you wanted. I was listening to an old podcast and laughing the ones that you just released uh, from. You're talking about Occupy Wall Street. It's like, geez, that was how long ago, and look at how what it's become. <laughs> God damn, I, I like that, that. It was allowed to fester for too long. They let him sit there and sit there. At least Bloomberg had the fucking eventually go, hey, uh, we got to clean the park. Yeah, I know it's the middle of the night. Sweep them out and say, like, you can go back in, but you can't take any fucking camping shit. No tents, no sleeping bags. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was my opinions had not crystallized quite yet on stuff like that. I remember when Black Lives Matter was going on. I mean, not when uh, Occupy Wall Street was going on. And I was like, well, everybody's going down there to check it out. Should I go check that out? You know, when I was just like... Just my gut. It's like my feet would not take me down there to 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 have anything to do with that. You know, I guess. You know, it just didn't seem. It didn't speak to me. That's all I knew. You know, but like, I always knew how I felt about about guns from the time that I owned a gun. That's how I got into the Second Amendment. Is that you know, my brother gave me a gun. I guess. Well, that's the side of the argument I'm on now. And uh, you know, the everything I could tell you what I thought. But, man, the first, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 years of this, of this uh, millennium, I mean, like, I, I started sleepwalking at some point. You know, so you look at it, when, when, when Occupy Wall Street happens, you go, well, yeah, I don't even know how I feel about that, you know. Now I would certainly know immediately how I feel about it. But you look at the, the, the difference between that and, you know, what they did in uh, Seattle and whatever the hell that was. I mean, what they just took over how how the people that lived in those buildings didn't like pelt them with like soup cans and stuff just to get them out of there i don't you know that would have been my first uh, and every time they came back they just get pelted with stuff yeah I mean, it's gonna take that it's gonna but if you do that you're the worst person in the community if you try to defend your property yourself they're, they're even saying that about homes now People like like if people break into your home, you have to take into account the factors that led him to believe that he needed to break into your house and steal. It's like come the fuck on, man. I mean, like that that it completely leaves out of the equation this whole idea of uh, the well, I mean, the, not an idea, the fact that some people are criminals, some people aren't. You know, somebody they they act as if these people have a family sitting at home that they're gonna go right home and like go share the bounty. You know, look, I stole bread and meat and uh, uh, look at this cereal, yeah, cereal. Hey, yeah, they're out there killing <laughs> their family. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I saw no no work boots got stolen from any of those shoe stores. <laughs> right, oh, you know, maybe a pair of Timberlands here and there. Who knows? Oh, yeah, it was mostly. Uh, if there was anything left over, it was it was that. Yeah, definitely. As soon as those Timberlands got dirty, you know they were getting thrown away anyway. <laughs> I, uh, thankfully, <laughs> I've removed from that for a while now. I don't. Al, it's great talking to you, man. We got to do this again soon. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. You go fund yourself. Get the fuck out. Of here.